Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Uh, we have a great show for you today, live. I am in my home in Susia in the beautiful southern Hebron Hills, and I have with me uh, on the line Yoni Hyman, who is a mortgage consultant, and we are having a show about mortgages and about buying a home and finding a community today because people are asking, and I've got one specific question about this um, by a listener. And- Hello? Okay, we're having a technical difficulty. We're going to be right back with Natalie. While we're trying to get Natalie back, Yoni, why don't you just tell us about any advice that you would give people who are looking to move to Israel and purchase a property? Okay, so first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I guess I think Natalie, um, I guess she's logging you back on. So my big biggest advice would be take professionals to help you for the whole process. If it's lawyers and mortgage consultants and a good realtor to really help you for the whole, you know, minefield of buying an apartment here in Israel. There's a lot of stuff you need to know in terms of financing and legalities. Everything is a little bit different than buying in the States. And by taking professionals really help you for the whole process, it's really make your process much easier, smoother, and obviously much more secure um, to really help you guys with the purchase here in Israel. Okay. And so like, what are, what are, let's say that there's somebody in the United States right now and they're saying, I want to make Aliyah. I want to move to Israel and I, I want to purchase something and I need help because I don't speak the language. I can't read Hebrew in the contracts. I don't know which area is the best for me, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I would like somebody maybe to represent me or help me use an agent, et cetera. Where do you come in and what, what would your advice be to them where to start? Okay, so where we want to start, first of all, we want to understand what your budget is. You know, if you can buy something for 2 million shekels, 1.5, or even 5 million shekels, what's your budget, where you're looking to buy? And then based on your budget, we could obviously recommend different areas, locations in Israel, and help team you up with professionals and realtors in that specific area. Where I come in is I really help the whole finance part of it. So um, clients sit down with me, really understand their income, their down payment, and what, what they could afford here in Israel. I help them structure um, a finance plan that really helps them buy something here in Israel. And then based on those numbers, I could refer them to either a realtor or a lawyer that could help them find a property and obviously help them with all the contracts and legalities. Everything has to be taken care of on the legal part of the deal as well. Okay. And so uh, do you think that people need an agent and someone to help them or can they just do it on their own? They know somebody, a family in Israel, they have a friend in Israel, they can help them. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in taking professionals to really help you as agents, mortgage brokers, consultants, or lawyers. I'm a really big believer in really taking people that really know the market to help you throughout the whole process. I mean, not everybody needs an agent. Not everybody needs a lawyer. Not everybody, I mean, it's it's always recommended. But if you know somebody, you found a good deal on yourself. I mean, it's definitely, you know, Mivoach is definitely, you know, a good thing to do. But I always do recommend it, you know, consult with professionals before you make any big, you know, decisions before you do anything and you jump into the deal. Okay. And so, you know, I just had a family visiting me today that are thinking about making Aliyah, but they don't know if they're going to be able to afford a home here. They do have a house in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in the States, they could sell it. Uh, what would you recommend to them? So I recommend to first understand their finances, really understand what they could afford, how much of a down payment do they have their additional costs, what type of mortgage they be approved for. As you really understand their finances, 
we could determine what area in Israel they could buy, if it's in Modin, Jerusalem, Ranana, Karmegat, or any other area in Jerusalem, the Golan, Elat, and so on, based on their budget. And after we decide a budget where they want to buy, we could, you know, like I said, team up, team them up with agents all over Israel to really help them find a specific property that um, fits their needs, both financially and obviously their, you know, personal needs. Um, and then once we do that, we found a property that meets what they're looking for. Then we would set them up with a lawyer as well. The lawyer would go through the whole contract, the legality, the registration, everything you need to know in terms of actual purchasing here in Israel, the legal aspects behind purchasing here in Israel. Okay, so I guess the question is, if they're going to be using you to help them connect with all of these different people that they need to connect with in order to purchase property, to get their mortgages, etc., then, um, I mean, how, how much do you charge for that? So, I mean, each each deal is charged. Usually I charge a flat fee for my services, depending on the deal. Um, but what I do is I don't charge a fee, me personally, to connect them with people. I do the financing for them, and it's you know, as an added value to give them for my um, relationships, I can help connect them to relevant people in the field. But my job as a mortgage consultant is really help them throughout the whole finance. So I do all the negotiation, bureaucracy, everything has to be taken care of with the banks here in Israel. I do everything for them. The clients give me all their documents. I'm an power attorney. And with those, after we understand their finances and what they could afford, I do all the work for the bank. They come and sign a mortgage to them, but I do all the work for them and a whole process for them here in Israel. Okay, let's see. Do we have Natalie back with us? Okay, we still don't hear Natalie. So I'm going to ask Natalie, maybe there's a wire loose in your connection. Um, maybe you can check that. And uh, I, I think I, I think she's checking you right now. Okay, great. All right. So in the meantime, so I, I, I just want to make this like real for people. So Let's say that I'm in the United States and I say, well, you know what? I've got family in the Jerusalem area, and so that's where I want to be. I've got – Natalie, is that you? No, okay. I, I, I want to be there. I've, I have a house that will sell for around, let's say, $400,000. Uh, what can I – I don't even know what I can get for that price because I hear that the prices of real estate in Israel are absolutely insane insanely expensive today (laughs) yeah and well forget Jerusalem just let's look at the outline you know communities around there you have the uh, Gush you've got uh, the Shamron the uh, Samaria yes right so like uh, so I don't know what to do so Yoni help me what do I do so where do you where do you come in now again so what we're going to do is we're going to really understand the finances which means how much money you're bringing in what our additional costs are going to be if we have a realtor and a lawyer and my fee and so on what taxes what additional fees we have involved in the deal, what their income is, what type of mortgage they could approve in one monthly payment. So let's say a client says to me, I'm making X amount of $50,000 a year. What type of mortgage can be approved for $50,000 a year? We really go through the numbers, understand what could be approved for, we submit and approve them with the different banks. And we come back with a number. We say, okay, you have $400,000, which is about, give or take, about 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million shekels. Um, we could be approved for hypothetically a two million or one, let's say a one million shekel mortgage, which means our budget is 1.2 million shekels, one million shekel. Our total budget is 2.2 million shekels as a purchase price. Then we understand what we could buy for 2.2 million shekels. If it's buying maybe a two bedroom in Baca, maybe it's buying a three bedroom in a frat, whatever it is, we understand what they could afford financially. Mm-hmm. We understand what the monthly pay for the mortgage could be and what it's going to be for them in the long term. And once we understand all the numbers, we go look for an apartment. Now, we have clients come to me before they buy something, and they say, listen, Yoni, this is what I have as a down payment. This is my income. What can I afford? 
and we really do like a um, we should really structure a payment plan for them what they, they can afford. And I've clients that come to me and say, "Listen, Yoni, I'm looking to buy in Ranana. The apartment cost me 2.5 million shekels. I have a million shekels as a down payment. I'm looking to take a 1.5 million shekel mortgage. What would be my monthly payment on a 20, 25, or 30 year loan? And then obviously I'll approve the mortgage for." For them, the approval of the loan for them, do the negotiations on our behalf. It's very important to understand Israel, unlike the states. Um, everybody negotiates here. Everybody negotiates right. prices. Everybody negotiates everything ah, here. We have Natalie. Yeah, I'm, I'm using the. I'm just using the mic with the regular microphone. With my okay, computer. and just Sorry. just before I go, because I think it's an important uh, question for our listeners: What is the age limit to get a mortgage in Israel? The age limit to get a mortgage in Israel is usually between eighty to eighty-five. Usually, eighty years old, depending on what bank. So the mortgage has to end by the time you're 80 years old. So let's say you're 70 or 65 or 60 years old, you have to take a mortgage until you turn 80 years old. That's the maximum. There are ways around it, which are a little more complicated, but you know the, the, the easiest way to understand is until you're 80 years old. So if you're 60 or 50, whatever it is, I can take a mortgage until you're 80 years old or 30 years at the maximum. If you're 25 years old, 35 years old, I can take either to 30, a 30-year loan or until you're 80, the shorter between the two. That's the maximum. Great, great question, great question. Um, you know, the, you're talking numbers, and uh, thank you, Tamar. Thank you for jumping in for me. You're talking numbers, and, you know, a lot of people, they're a little bit dreamy, and they're a little bit idealistic, and they first want to find their place. And once they find their place, then they want to look at numbers. What, what do you have to say about people like that? How do you steer people like that? So, obviously, we never recommend to sign anything. No type of contract, or anything. is like, uh, I guarantee you're going to buy the apartment. I wouldn't sign anything before we actually have a final confirmed pre-approval of the banks. We know what the numbers are. We know we're approved of the numbers of the banks. A lot of clients say to me, listen, Yoni, um, we found something for, you know, 2.5 million shekels. We want to take a 1.5 million shekel mortgage. I say, listen, guys, that's nice. We got our not approved for 1.5. We got approved for a 1.2 million shekel mortgage. Let's find something different that, you know, that is affordable based on your income. So I understand. Very- so, so uh, good. So, say somebody uh, wants to live near their children in uh, Shukhunat Aleph Beersheba. Look for an example. That's a neighborhood in Beersheba, and say, uh, okay, people really don't know much, but that's what they found. Either they found it through a real estate agent, or they found it on the internet, or friends of theirs not listed. Um, and it's uh, you're right. Say it's three thousand three million. Okay, we're going to go for a break now. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Israel News Talk Radio. You think you can get real news about Israel from major news sources located far away from Israel? Think again. Get it from the source. Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, Straight this talk. is Betsy Penn from Phoenix, Arizona, and I love Israel News Talk Radio for the interesting interviews, accurate information, spiritual guidance, political insight, humor, and passion. One minute of Torah. In this week's Torah portion of Shlach, Moses sends 12 spies to determine the best way for the Jewish people to conquer the land of Israel promised to them by God. Although these 12 men were righteous, only two of them came back speaking glowingly of our holy land. The other 10 frightened the nation, persuading them they can never be victorious over the inhabitants, causing the Jews to wail in panic and despair. If only we'd have died in Egypt or in the desert, they cried out. Well, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get, decrees God, and that generation perished in the desert. Furthermore, that day of the negative report of Israel turned into an annual national day of mourning as God eventually destroyed 
both of our holy temples on that day, the ninth of the Jewish month of Av. Ever since then, it is our duty to rectify the sin of the spies by talking positively of our holy land, being confident in God's ability to protect us, and supporting those who live in Israel. Additionally, by doing mitzvot with the intention to safeguard our land, we will, God willing, speedily merit to live in Israel safely and securely for eternity with the Third Holy Temple in our midst. With your Iron Chairman of Torah, this is Chava Zikavich. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Zapinski. Hopefully everything will work out this time. I'm sorry about the last segment. There were some technical difficulties with my microphone. We're still with Yoni Hyman, who is a mortgage consultant who works with English-speaking newcomers in Israel. He has um, over seven years of experience and has helped over 2,500 people find a home in Israel. Now, we were just talking a little bit about costs and the kinds of of down payments that are required. And Tamara had a fantastic question asking about the age requirement for people um, to get a mortgage because there are older people, retirees who move to Israel and they also want to buy a home. And do they qualify? Well, he just told us you can qualify for a 15 year mortgage. So um, aside from that, I want to- You can qualify till you're 80 years old. So if you're 60, 62, 65, it could be till you're 80 years old. Yeah. But the maximum length for mortgage is 30 years. So let's say you're 55 years old, you could qualify for a 25 year mortgage, for example. If you're 65, you qualify for a 15 year mortgage and so on, depending on your age and when you turn 80 years old. Good. Okay, good. So it's by age, it's not by time, really. Um, interesting. What about, um, what, are, there, are there benefits to, uh, to so being a, a new immigrant, do you get a special rate? Do you get a special break? Or what? What? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean there are benefits for um, olim chadashim, you know, for people that just made aliyah. Um, if it's a reduced rate in parts of the mortgage, you're entitled for a benefit. Either as an ole chadash or as a, a first-time buyer. So if you're a first-time, you're also entitled for the same benefits. No, um, whoa, whoa, you're saying the same benefits. What are those benefits? So the benefits are in parts of the mortgage, in parts of, and you can structure the mortgage in a way where part of the mortgage has a reduced rate of half a percent under the market value of the mortgage. So let's say hypothetically, and that part of the mortgage, the average rate in the market is 2.8%. You're up to 0.5% under the average rate in the market. So it depends what the rates in the market are for that specific part of the mortgage, but you're entitled for a specific benefit depending on when you made Aliyah, how okay. and so on, um, for a reduced rate in part of the mortgage. Uh, you're saying a reduced rate and part of the mortgage? A reduced rate for part of the mortgage. So for part of it. Based on your criteria, you're entitled for a 200,000 shekel reduced rate. So if you take a 2 million shekel mortgage, 200,000 shekel out of the 2 million shekels would be potentially, depending on your situation, on a reduced rate of the mortgage. Uh-huh. Oh, section. Okay, a little percentage. Okay, that's not nothing. Good. That's one benefit. What else is there? I mean, there are um, tax benefits for Olim Kadashin. That's something that obviously you have to talk to your lawyer directly about. But there are tax benefits for Olim Kadashin. Um, in terms of the rates, if I, what I spoke about earlier about the rates, so there's parts of the mortgage. The mortgage is structured in Israel to, you know, 10, 20, 30 different parts. There's different types of mortgages here in Israel. There's variables and fixed, and different types of fixed and different types of variables. 
and so on. But the benfortholine has a specific type of fixed voltage. It's called Ribic Fuatsmuda, which is a fixed. Uh, Yoni, slow down. Slow down here. I don't know. You're, you're talking fast. Um, <laughs> just say that again. Just slow down again. I'm, I'm saying that in Israel, there is a type of loan called Ribit Kvotsmuda, which is a fixed mortgage attached to inflation. That's what it's called, Ribit mm -hmm. Okay. There, the benefit says that no matter what the rate in the market is, you, you're maxed out, you're capped out at 3%. So these the rates are 5%. You, you get up right. to 3% interest and, rate. Great. And if the rates are lower than 3%, you're half a percent under the rate in the market. So let's say the average rate in the market is 2.8%. You, as a benefit, are told to get the rate at 2.3%, half a percent under the under that rate um, in the market. Now, we do recommend to negotiate with the banks, try to get the best rate you can. Okay, well, that's what you would, but you do that, right? You would negotiate Correct. that? Absolutely. So what I would do is I would negotiate the best rates I can. If the rate I'm able to negotiate on my own is better than the benefits you're entitled to by the government, mm -hmm. so I would use the rate I'm able to negotiate by myself. If not, so I would use that benefit as a reduced rate for that specific part of the mortgage. Okay, slow down. I have a question here. What is the interest rate now? So it depends on how we structure the mortgage and what parts of the mortgage for how many years and different uh -huh. criteria in the mortgage. But a good rate today is anywhere between 4.5 to 5%. Somewhere in that range would be a good rate today. Somewhere in that range, depending how we structure the mortgage. If it's fixed, variable, attached inflation, not attached inflation. There's so many different types of mortgages. You said it again. 4.5 or 5% is the interest rate for a mortgage today? 4.5 to 5% is the average rate. On a mortgage today, correct. That is high, isn't it? That is higher than what it was a year or two years ago, but right. much lower than what's given today in the States, in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have here some questions. Can you tell me what kind, and I, I'm sorry if you may have covered this, if you're looking at a property um, for a 2 million shekel, okay, which translates into, I guess, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars um, I might be a, a little off there. What and how much of a down payment is normally required? So you're saying if you're looking back for two million shekels, is that the question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's so say dollars. Let's say dollars so our audience can follow a little easier. Okay. So let's say you're looking to buy for a million dollars. This will be a round number. Okay. Mm -hmm. if, if you're an Israeli citizen, it's your first time buying in Israel. So you're going to have to get to 75%. Financing, which means you have to put down at least, at least, at least twenty five percent. All right, you got to put down twenty five percent. All right, that's the number I wanted to hear. Everybody heard that. That's so normal. If you're looking to buy from million, you have to put down at least twenty five percent. I'm saying though, all the additional costs, lawyer fees, taxes, realtor fees, and so on, are not included in the twenty five percent. So twenty five percent plus all the additional costs. Okay, the twenty five percent okay. is only for the purchase price. That does not include all the additional costs. And like I said, you're entitled to get up to 75% financing. Now, a very important thing, a very important thing is when you buy um, a resale, a secondhand apartment, so we have to send something called an appraiser, okay? The appraiser values the apartment and the financing we get is 75% of the purchase price or the appraised value, the lower between the two. So if hypothetically, I'm buying for a million dollars and I'm looking to take a $750,000 mortgage, but the appraisal comes in and says it's only worth $800,000, the 75% financing I'm entitled to get as a first-time buyer is calculated from the from the appraised value and not from the contract price, which means I can- That's get not fair. That's not and fair. down more of a down, which is very important. Yeah. yeah. So when I come in and I take a 75% financing and, a, and my, my, my first time buying, 
I need to make sure to appraise it at least, at least, at least the purchase price. Because if not, I can get less financing and therefore I have to put down more money. I get it. We get it. Yeah, we understand. But how, I mean, you can't make sure the appraiser (laughs) does it that way. He appraises and he appraises. What he whatever he comes so, up with is out of your hands. So what you can do is we can send an appraiser before you buy. It's called like a pre-ruling. It costs a little bit more. And the appraiser could give us his valuation before we actually buy. And you can say, listen, before we buy, it's worth, for example, a hundred thousand dollars less than what you're buying for, which means you could get X amount of financing. And then we know that coming in. So if you don't have enough down to come to come up with, you may have to forfeit the deal and drop that deal. So it really depends. But we could send an appraiser before you actually buy to make sure it's actually worth what you're buying. Yes, of course you should send an appraiser before you buy. Why wouldn't you? So it really depends. If you're at 60% or 65% LTV, loan to value, you might not need to, for example. Mm. If you're in a maximum LTV. Slow down and explain that, please, when you say LTV. So let's explain that as well. Okay. If I'm buying for a million dollars and I know that you have to $750,000, like you have to 75% purchase either of the appraised value or the contract price, the lower between the two. And the appraiser comes in and says, listen, it's worth, for example, $800,000. I could still get 75% from $800,000. And that, that's enough financing for me that may, need, that may be good enough. It really depends on what I'm buying, how much financing I need. And that's something we have to discuss as we do the purchase. So I would never, ever sign a contract without verifying, verifying before I get the financing necessary. And if I need to, I could always send an appraiser to do a pre-ruling, like I said, and make sure I could get the financing necessary for the deal. Yeah. I, 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 I just, yeah, again, I don't understand. I feel like we just said the same thing. And I'm saying, why would anybody, knowing that an appraiser could change the amount of money you're going to be able to borrow, why wouldn't you have an appraiser at the very, very beginning? For, for, for various reasons. I mean, a client might say, listen, I know for a fact it's worth at least a million dollars. I know because I did many deals in the past. A client might mm. say, I don't want to pay for a pre-ruling because it costs me more, for example. Mm. There's so many different reasons. But it's definitely recommended, especially in the highest loan to value, the highest financing. It's always, it's definitely something recommended to do. How? What is the cost of an appraisal like this? The, the one you're t- kind of talk, you're talking about, the pre-ruling. So it, so it depends on the cost of the apartment. But let's say you buy, let's say a two million shekel apartment. Let's say a six hundred thousand dollar apartment. So if I do it without the pre-ruling, it's about twelve hundred shekels. If I do it with the pre-ruling, it's about thirty-five to four thousand. Thirty-five hundred about four thousand shekels. For so that, uh, for that, for the, the appraisal. For the appraisal. For the appraisal. For the appraisal. All right. So it's, about, right. So it's about triple the price. Um, so many clients might say, I don't want to spend extra money. I want to just, you know, um, trust my gut feeling and, you know, I hope it's worth what I'm buying for. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, okay. Fine. We have a, a little time before we take our next break that I wanted to ask you um, when, what was the question here? What do you suggest that people do who want to make Aliyah but cannot afford to buy? And I know you and I discussed this already, so we'll talk about it more. But the quick and easy answer is, and I will say it right now, is rent. Come here and rent first and look Absolutely. around. I, yeah. I would definitely buy what you could afford based on your budget. If you could buy something in Beersheba or Dimar or a little bit cheaper area in a more fair peripheral part of Israel, I would definitely buy their investment. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely rent. And slowly, so when you, you know, when you save the money, you could definitely look to buy something relevant based on your budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very... Uh, Interesting. You don't always have to buy and live in it. You can buy, you keep it aside. Yeah, use it as an investment, and then, as you told me before, in two years, three years, sell it, and then yeah, people do that all the time. Budget is what you can afford, and obviously, I would buy something for an investment. 
hold on for two, three, four years, enjoy the increase of value, sell it, and then buy something a little more, um, you know, for you to live in. Right. All right. So just stay with us, listeners. We're going to be back in just um, a few minutes. And we're going to talk about new and upcoming communities that some of you may have not heard of when we come back. Yoni knows all about those. Some are even, you know, new to me. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Be smart. Listen to Israel News Talk Radio in the background while you work and get the latest news and commentary from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Millions of babies are born each year with severe genetic diseases. Screening methods include amniotic fluid tests that are invasive and not without risk. Other tests may only detect less than 10% of known genetic disorders. An Israeli firm called Identify Genetics is working on technology to provide prenatal screening for genetic disorders using a simple blood test from the mother during the first trimester of the pregnancy. Proprietary data science algorithms can provide a comprehensive high-resolution view of the fetus's health. The fetus's DNA is then digitally isolated using a computational process. The fetus's DNA is reconstructed at high resolution. Mutations are located and analyzed, resulting in a genetic report that can help doctors identify genetic disorders early in the pregnancy. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With your INTR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. You get the inside news on Israel. At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're still speaking with mortgage consultant expert, Yoni Hyman, who has lots of information. And I was going to get into the new and upcoming communities, but as we were off the air, Tamar Yona, our producer and head of the station, had a very interesting question. I want her to actually ask Yoni this. Everyone. Okay, so uh, my question is, Yoni, I had these people visiting me actually today, and they have a house that's worth, let's say, around $400,000. It's a big, beautiful American house with land around it and forest and trees, real good quality of life. And they're an older couple, and they don't speak Hebrew so well. And someone like this is going to want a more or less English-speaking community, at least near them somewhat, and they don't want to have to rent they realize that they won't be able to afford to buy in areas that 
they would really feel comfortable in. And so what do you suggest to people like that? Because I, I just want to reiterate here that renting in Israel isn't exactly the same like in the United States or in other countries where they might have someone who owns apartment buildings and they want people to rent there for 25, 50 years as long as possible. Here in Israel, when you're renting, most of the time, it's people who have added on an a, a apartment to their home or they bought an apartment for an investment. And then a few a few years later comes a time where they say, okay, you have to leave now because I want to sell the place or my daughter just got married and I want to give it to them. And then every few years they need to move. And that's really hard on older people. So what would you suggest for people like that, that want to make Aliyah want to move to Israel? So I would definitely understand what their, I mean, $400,000 is a lot of money. So I would definitely understand what their budget is, what they could afford to pay back as a mortgage on a monthly basis based on their income and so on. And then find a location in Israel that's affordable for their budget. I mean, it could be Malok up north. It could be Nairia. It could be, you know, Katsurin, which is fantastic. It could be Karmegad. It could be Jerusalem. It could be Mo- There's so many different areas in Israel and different prices. I mean, I had many, many clients in their 60s and 70s that said, listen, our budget is, with the mortgage and our down payment, 2 million shekels. Where can we buy for 2 million shekels? And they bought down south in Karmegad. And they bought up north in Katsurin. And they bought all over. So they didn't buy specifically in Modin or Jerusalem. But they did buy somewhere that has a very nice Anglo community. And, I mean, again, two, three, five years later, it was extremely happy. You know, they found their friend. They found their place. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something doable. We just have to understand what they could afford and definitely not jump into something they can't afford. I mean, if a client is 70 years old, has $400,000, about 1.3 million shekels, to buy something for 5 million shekels in Tel Aviv might not be, reliable, might not be relevant for them. We have to understand what their budget is, what they can afford, and what they want to pay back as a monthly payback for the next you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and then build them something that's um, financially doable for them. And yeah, also tomorrow, um, and everyone listening. Natalie, we're not reading you so well. Kidding me? Now? No? We hear you uh, a bit, I... but uh, try to talk louder. Okay. I'm going to talk. There we okay, are. Sorry there about that. Are. Okay. No, that was perfect. Okay. Um, there are communities that people have not heard of. Not everything is just Beit Shemesh, Efrat, and Ranana. Oh, like absolutely. So, not so that's what let's, let's get into that because there are smaller communities with Anglo's, and it may not be three hundred families. It may be thirty families, but hey, that's a community. And absolutely. you know, the more the merrier. They should they should start building these places up. So, Yoni, tell us some of these places. Carmel Gat, for instance, where is that? What's well, that like? Carmel Gat on a thirty family. Carmel, so, you know, it's a few thousands now. Carmel Gat. Five or six years ago, was a new community next to Kiryat, next to Kiryat Gat, which is about a few, about 20, 30 minutes from Ashkelon. I mean, it's it's, it's down south there. Um, a beautiful, beautiful community. That's where Intel sits, the high tech. Um, many, many Anglo's bought their affordable houses years ago, in, you know, 17, 18, 2017, 2018, and so on. Prices went up there tre- tremendously, but because it's so fine, beautiful three, four bedroom apartments for very affordable prices today. And it's a very strong, amazing Anglo community down south there. There's a new place called Kiat Malachi, um, which a lot of Anglos are buying there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Beersheba, there's a lot of Anglo community. I mean, everywhere in Israel is a very nice Anglo community. Some are bigger, some are smaller. But there are affordable Anglo communities. If it's in Katrin and in Sfat and in Malot and all over Israel, it doesn't have to be Bichemich, Jerusalem, you know, Modin, Buchman, and Ranana. There are other communities. Mm-hmm. That slowly, slowly, angles are moving there that are much more affordable than you know the place I just said about. Okay, okay, that's that's very important to know. And there are some you didn't even mention yet. 
There's some oh, new communities. Um, there's a place near me. Uh, I think it's called Or, something Or. Um, Chabad Or, Or Chabad. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Yeah, uh-huh. so there's uh-huh. a place I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are places where they there's nothing built there yet. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, all of you uh, listening who who do have that fear of not being able to afford something in one of these prime places, don't don't have that fear because there are other places where there are people already and you'll be welcome and you will you'll be able to live and you won't have to rent if that's your big worry. And you should contact me and I'll get you in touch with Yoni to help you out. And as you know, my address is Natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com you can also write to the station at info at israelnewstalkradio.com and let me just see if there are other questions that um, we want to touch upon before we say goodbye to Yoni here new and upcoming communities you mentioned a few of them Katsreen by the way is up north Um, and Kirat Gat Malachi and Kirat Malachi these are old places these are new towns but they were considered development towns. And um, the fact that there's an Anglo community there is very nice. And the fact that like Intel, for instance, is in Kiragat has brought the town up and it's like on the map now. Um, and the, let me see what else we've got here. What type of down payment? It's, it's, also, it's also important to know that a lot of these people that are working, they live in Carmagan and so on, are working in Tel Aviv. I mean, there's a train there that goes from there to Tel Aviv. It's yes, so good. Know, so there's this. It's a forty minute commute. It's very easy. It's very, I mean, right. Beersheba too. Beersheba too. Well. Yeah. And not only there, Beersheba. If it's um, you know, up north, if it's Ramle and Lod, I mean, the places are very Lod. Correct. There are places you're not mentioning. There are people who actually leave where I live to go to these places to start like a more religious community. Um, Arad, for instance, people have gone. Lod, people have moved to. Ramle, correct. These cities that are, um, you know, maybe they were a little poor or a little bit called development towns, and they're, they're coming up. It's, it's really wonderful. If, if you look around Israel, wherever you go here, you're going to see building. Building is going on everywhere. Um, they're building, Absolutely. you know, and I, and, I, and I could say again, I could say that, I mean, the, the amount of demand for people to buy in Israel, it's crazy. I mean, people are looking to buy just to buy, just to have something in Israel. Yes. And we do, and we do see the prices going up. So, I mean, if you do have an, and if you have an option to invest and buy even something for an investment and get it, you know, your, your foot in Israel and then hold it for two, three years, resell and obviously move forward. That's definitely something recommend. So people make it here in Israel. I mean, Prices are going up. I mean, there's not there's so much demand here. There's not that much. I mean, there's a lot of buildings, not that much building to to cover all the demand. And and yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely recommended. Obviously, we have to understand your budget. We have to make sure that everything is legal. Everything is taken care of. But once we do, you should definitely jump in and, you know, jump onto the train because the train is moving quickly. And we do want as many people to buy here as possible. It's very exciting. Um, it's very exciting to hear that, that everybody wants to buy here and everybody is buying here and all the ingathering of the exiles that is happening right before our eyes. It's really wonderful to see. You know, I was talking to someone and, you know, where in your life, when I grew up in, in Delaware, you know, I don't remember uh, neighborhoods, you know, growing up right in front of my eyes and, and overpasses and bridges and tunnels. But this happens here. This happens here, um, really all over the place. And there are changes and structural changes within your lifetime. And it's it's amazing. Um, the high-speed train, the 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 light rail, um, the these these bridges and that that are you see them being built right next to you. It, it's very exciting. 
And um, it's happening everywhere, not just in the big cities. It's happening down here in Beersheba as well. I have a question here about um, what is needed to qualify for a mortgage. Do you need to be married or will single people qualify? No, it could, single, single people could definitely qualify. Obviously, you have to have enough income to approve a mortgage here in Israel. The way it works is all our listeners, maybe you should take out a pen and paper. Um, but the way it works is they take up to four, you could pay back up to 40% of your net income. So let's say you're making hypothetically 15,000 shekels net a month, shekels, hypothetically. So the maximum monthly payment you could pay back for the mortgage is up to 6,000 shekels a month, up to 40% of your net income. That's the maximum. Okay. 6,000 is a lot. Yeah, I'll pay. Absolutely. I pay much less, so, much so, less than that. Just so all of you no, listening, it, it really I pay. Just, I, 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 you want me to tell you what I pay a month? Please. I pay fourteen hundred a month. That's that's very very low. I mean, my I mean, mortgage. Mortgage in Israel is like a million shekels. The average payment <laughs> is like six or seven thousand shekels a month. But four hundred shekels—that's fantastic. It's extremely okay, low. Well, I did not take a million shekel mortgage. Where where do you where do you currently live? I live in Susia, and we took a oh, mortgage beautiful. for two hundred seventy thousand shekels. Okay, it's a very small mortgage. I mean, right. most people today take much, much bigger mortgages. Than that. Well, my house was uh, not much. Um, so there's a benefit for living in the periphery. And there used to be a benefit for living in Yehuda and Shomron because the prices here are lower. I think they still are. They, okay? they're, they're relatively lower, but they are going up like crazy. They are going like, up. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe what my house cost. You could ask. I mean, where, and where, you where, I live, where I live, I live in Nukdim, which is in Gushetzion. You live in I where? Mean, I live in Okdim. Oh, Nokdim, Beseder, okay. In, in Gushetzion, they're selling apartments in apartment buildings six months ago for 1.4, 1.5 million shekels on the three-bedroom. It's been six months. It went up to two million shekels in the past six months. I mean, the prices are going up like crazy. There's a, a crazy amount of demand. And yeah, people are moving. People are moving to Yudavish Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is uh, the place people should buy because there's a lot of open space here. This is like, it's, 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 it's like suburbs plus. And I say that because you, it, that's what you can uh, relate to. You know, you have the green space. Everybody has their own lawn um, and there's parking and you have, um, what, what else are suburbs known for? It's like a village. It's like living in a village. And um, it's, it's amazing. You know, there's no traffic out here. <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. like so, again, slowly, slowly, the more they build, the more traffic there's going to be. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic, especially Yatir and Susia, the whole area down Doma Chevron. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Absolutely, I know yeah. very, very, very well. Oh yeah, so it's really great. Um, now there aren't what I, we don't have, and what you do have is we don't have many English speakers. I must say that. But um, if you want to integrate your family into Israel, this is the best way to do it. You're not going to be speaking English here. You're going to need to learn Hebrew to get by. And it's a Absolutely. challenge and it's an adventure. And I think it's totally worth it. We did it and our kids are fine. Um, what do you have to say about well, that? It's, it's, it's important also to know that most Israelis know English in a basic level. Yeah. Um, more, I mean, most Israelis could, could, you know, could hold a conversation in English. Right. I mean, it's very rare to find Israelis doesn't know any English whatsoever. Right. Right. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, people are very nice here. People are very welcoming. And obviously, people, you know, you learn Hebrew. You have to go That's to right. Whatever it That's is. right. You find, you find your friends. And um, you're not going to have maybe as large as a social network uh, as you had before. But that's okay. You know, you'll, you'll manage. The, today, we have the internet. We have the computer. You will have your work. And you'll just, that's, that's the shift. But I think that's a sacrifice that's worth making. 
And um, yeah, you'll work on your Hebrew and you'll find other foreigners, right? You'll find other people from other places who also have to learn Hebrew. They may not be American. They may be British or South African or Australian or Dutch. And you all kind of, you know, get to know each other a little bit. But, you know, life here is not just about, you know, being friends with the people who speak the same language as you, right? Um, I'm with you 100%. I mean, yeah. again, there's, especially where you buy, but I mean, unless you move to places like Bochman and Modine or like Ranana, where it's all English speakers, um, again, it's not it's not as scary as it sounds. I mean, people are very, very welcoming, very, very nice, and, you know, very quick, you're, you're able to be part of the community. You really can be. Yeah, small community is very nice that way. Um, Yoni, do you have testimonials from past clients that maybe you can share with us? Is that... Um, the, why am I asking you that? People, somebody wrote in and asked uh, about this topic. And that's why we're featuring it. So, if any of you have questions, please ask them. If you only, if you have testimonials, if you want to share any of them with us, that would be great. Um, I and mean, if again, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, I, I have many, many, many questions. You want me to share what clients wrote me? I mean, what, what well, would you like? Maybe you can tell us a story. Um, I'll, I'll tell. I'll, t- I'll tell you a story that moved me personally. That actually, you know, got a tear to my eye because I've been doing this for so, so long. And, you know, you do it more like, you know, like a machine today, but something you have to like put your emotions into it as well. Um, I, um, there's a client of mine that, I guess, a three minute story, but it's worth it. Um, in her upper 50s, you know, I, and they call me, this is maybe two or three years ago. They call me and say, listen, you know, I, I heard about a voice saying, is this Yoni? I said, yes. He goes, no, no, we shouldn't be making this call. We shouldn't be making this call. I said, how can I help you guys? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I said, guys, how, how can I help you guys? As they said, we have a dream. We want to buy a house. We know we we bought a house 30, whatever it was, 20, 30 years ago. We lost a lot of money. We want to try to buy a house. Um, but everybody says it's not possible. Could you make it possible for us? We got a lot of recommendations. Could you make it, could you make our dream a reality? I said, let me, let's go through the numbers. Let's sit down. We had a meeting. We went through numbers. I said, listen, guys, the dream is definitely something we can make a reality. Let's go to work. We found a beautiful apartment in um, Pizgadzev in Jerusalem. We did a whole process, obviously a very emotional process. Our kids came to signing, their kids are obviously older today, very emotional. And then he said to me, Yoni, do you mind if we do our Hanukkah bite or how do you say Natalie Natalie? Um, almost like a almost like a ceremony to to uh to to like you you walk yes, into your house. Uh, it's like a ceremony, a housewarming like, like, like in a, a way. Like a housewarming mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they said, Yoni, do you mind coming to our Hanukkah? Now, I do, you know, many, many mortgages, so I don't really have um, the ability to go to all the Hanukkah by, especially if it's not in Jerusalem, because I'm located in Jerusalem. And I said, you know what? This necessarily really moved my heart. I'm going to be there. I said, listen, Yoni, our, of our family is coming at 7. Please come at 7.30. Come 30 minutes late, because we want to start something with value, and then you'll come at 7.30. I said, okay, no, I'll be there at 7.30. I walk into the house, um, and like I said, there's probably a good 40 or 50 people, all family and friends. As I walked in, the whole place started crying, you know, because I really made their dream a reality and their parents hugged me and their kids hugged me. I really became part of the family. So I also, you know, cried. It was a very emotional thing for me because, you know, more than running just this business, it was also more like a shlichut. Like I became like, you know, their shaliyah. Right, right. And I, I mean, and I really helped them, you know, and it's been four or five years. Right. I think, no, but three or four years. And they still call me once or twice, you know, once every two, three weeks. They call me, how are you? How are your kids? We're showing touch today. Wow. I mean, I see them all the time. They refer me. Everybody they know, literally everybody they know. They're friends. I probably be a third or four more only from people they know. I mean, my wife would just, um, my wife would just, um, uh, in the shopping, I'm not sure where she was, she was in the shopping center, and she saw my wife. By chance, she knew her from Facebook. 
and she started hugging my wife. I mean, it was a very emotional thing. <laughs> sure, really you, uh, you, I, you asked, yes. Really to fulfill a dream was, that, that's the thing that really moved me emotionally. It's always, always going to go with me. Wow, what a beautiful story. That, um, that's how it's supposed to be, Yoni. Absolutely. That's how it's supposed to be. And, and you're doing more than a service. You are a shaliach. And I, people I, are so I much. I look at my job like a shaliach. I mean, yeah, I, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I can to really make everybody's dream a reality. And I'll do whatever I can, everything in my power. To really make sure, number one, they get the best rates, obviously the best terms, so they pay as less as possible to the bank. That's what I do. But never to really make it um, realistic for them if it's over the budget. Obviously, stop them before they do something dangerous. Yeah. And they don't, you know, do something that could hurt them financially later on. Yeah, you said something at the beginning of the show. I just want to go back to it and, and kind of stress this point and maybe just talk it over with you a moment. Um, you said you would never do it on your own. You really trust professionals. And when you said that, uh, my first thought was, well, of course you're going to say that. You're a professional, you know. You want the business. But talking as a lay person, as a person who um, is, I guess, a little bit um, suspicious of professionals and maybe of lawyers and accountants and people who are out there, these service professionals who who some of them do have a bad name and a bad reputation. Um, I agree with you. I think if you get the right person and you get someone trustworthy recommended by a few different references and you're new here and you're a foreigner here and you don't have anyone looking out for you who really knows you, it's really important to get someone to hold your hand and to speak up for you. And if hundred, hundred percent, and I'm also going to, I'm going to add on to that and always say that even if you got recommendations and you mail with a professional, it's a lawyer or a mortgage broker or even a, or even a realtor or an agent, if you don't connect them on a personal level and you don't trust them, so don't work with them. Right. If you met a lawyer that everybody says he's the best in the, in the field and you mail him and he seems not um, reliable, don't use him. I mean, there's nothing better than it's called Maria 9, which means that you met him, you felt him, and you trust him. That's the most important thing because you have to work with these people. And if there's anything wrong, you have to trust he's going to take care of it for you. I mean, I had clients right. call me at, I guess I have clients call me at 12 o'clock at night because they're going to sign a mortgage tomorrow. You only the first time doing this. Do you mind doing a 30 minute Zoom with us right now? Just calm us down for tomorrow. I get on Zoom at 12 o'clock at night, literally 12 o'clock at night, do a 30 minute Zoom and go through everything they need to know. I'm with them, holding their hand when they sign them. I mean, we do everything with them, but then again, you have to trust the person you're with because he's going to be the one um, guiding you and taking care of you throughout the whole process and also yeah. later on. Yeah. It's very scary, you know, to, to, for some of these people to do this stuff on their own. It's uh, They need a, a, a third person, they need an ishlishi, we call them, 100%. somebody they can really depend on. And that goes for all kinds of difficult um, decisions in life, you know, with your lawyer, with with your accountant. You need someone who who cares about you. And sometimes it takes time to develop that kind of relationship. And sometimes you don't have that time and you just have to depend on references. And like you said, your gut. And um, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences. And um, it's very, uh, very um exciting to to hear what's going on in israel and i'm sure you're very excited to be part of it and again yeah. our listeners it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a shliku like, like yeah. you said earlier it's more yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a mission yeah and i, I want to ask you a question okay and this is kind of a funny question but do you ever have a situation where you have someone that you uh, were introduced to and you don't feel a good connection with them i mean i'm more i'm more the the service provider so i'll do whatever i can to really make them feel comfortable but if somebody would meet with me and wouldn't feel good connection with me, and it very rarely happens to me, but I, I would, I would accept, and I would definitely, you know, um, I would, I would, I would respect it. I would, I would honor it. 
But I mean, not, there are there are professionals in the past where that I got recommended to, in my, and I'm an Israeli. I mean, I I've been here for 30 years, um, and I didn't get a good gut feeling. I didn't want to work with them for whatever uh -huh. reason. Yeah, they seemed fishy to me. They just seemed um un um untrustworthy to me. Yeah, and I decided I want to work with somebody that was maybe less recommended, but I got a, I had a better you know gut feeling with them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm saying this because I want everyone to listen because it, this goes both ways. Um, you've got to be comfortable, but they've got to be comfortable. You've got to trust them and they've got to trust you. And, um, I hate it when people used to say that to us, uh, as, when you go to a yeshuv, they have to accept you. The yeshuv accept you. And I used to think, why, what do you mean they accept us? Can't we just choose and live wherever we want to live? And they used to say, no, it needs to be a fit. And it's that way with your lawyer, I think. And I think it's that way with your doctor. And it should be that way with your mortgage broker, because you are trusting these people. 100%. And um, yeah, it's. And I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell my clients all the time after they met with me. Like I said, I, I did thousands and thousands of times. I'll tell my clients all the time. If these are like they're struggling, I'll say, listen, look at me, look at me in the eyes. If you don't trust me, let's stop right now. You need yeah. to trust me because I'm going to be there for you. And you need to trust. You have to trust my judgment. You have to trust my my um, intuition. My uh, I say intuition. Intuition. Now, yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Well, why? Why? What causes you to have to have that conversation with them? Because oh, it, it depends. Because a lot. Of Clients are going to come and say, "Listen, you know, I got a recommendation. My first time doing this. Why you not? Why not somebody else? There are <laughs> many good mortgage brokers out there. Why you? Right, right. And and I'll say, listen, this is me. This is what I can offer you. This is why I think I'm going to be the best person for the job. And you have to trust me. And they'd say, listen, you only know, hard for us to trust. So I'll say, okay, take your time, but come back to me when you trust me. Because if you're not going to trust me, we're not going to work well together. You need to trust. You took my intuition. I work so efficiently. My clients have to trust everything I'm doing because I'm only in their favors. Nothing I'm doing." I get paid only by my clients, not from the banks at all. Okay, mm -hmm. so my only job is to make sure my clients get the best service, obviously the best terms, obviously the best all-around service possible, and that's what I do. And the clients have to trust both me, the lawyer. If you don't trust your lawyer, so don't sign. I mean, again, you need to trust people you're working with. They're going to look out for you. You're going to be your, and they're going to look out for your best interests. Right. It is, it is. It is a bit of a minefield out there, it and is. it is hard. Um, and. Uh, and if you have questions, follow-up questions, please feel free to reach out to me, Natalie, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com or to the station in general, and they'll direct your questions to me at info at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You hear this noise outside my window. These are the kids run around in these four-by-fours. That is another benefit of living in a yeshuv, in a community like this. You can drive any kind of vehicle you want, and there are no police to tell you to stop. <laughs> there are noises all the time and nobody follows any rules. God forbid they think of other people, but it's great for the kids. It's great for the teenagers. And I guess it's just part of the price we pay for living out here. Uh, <laughs> so any of you have any you, questions you, again, you, you, could, you could also say specifically, Natalie, for Susia specifically, it just got, um, there's just a whole, whole um, article about the Susia, the high school there has the highest percentage of, both combat and lieutenants in army, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, the people who come out of Susia are very, very, you know. Okay, so that's the yeshiva that does have a reputation for having commandos come out of here. That's, that's how most people know of Susia, by the way, because of the yeshiva. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they have the yeshiva, the environmental yeshiva, which is my kids, the way they say it is, kids here don't wear shoes, but it's mm -hmm. that they go on these intense um, trips. Every Friday, they leave the yeshiva, they leave the yeshiva at four in the morning and they pretty much like throw them somewhere with a map and a compass and a Tanakh. And uh, they learn, they learn that way. And it's a lot like what you do in the army. Um, Living the dream. 
Yeah, that's the, you know, the kids are pretty tough. I had um, someone come up to me today uh, complimenting me on my boys because they're big and strong and they're Israeli. And they remember when they were little and we were new here. And um, if you do grow your family in a small community in the periphery without a lot of English speakers, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get strong Israelis and you don't really need to do much about that. It happens on its own. You know, the, the community actually uh, grows your kids, nurtures your kids, forms your kids and develops them. Um, I think it's amazing. And that's why I chose this place. And yeah, I can I, I tell, tell you my personal experience. My, my wife, Hashem, we gave, she gave birth a month ago to my daughter, my third kid. Mm-hmm. And for the past literally month, every night we get meals from neighbors in the issue. They give us meal. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful community that, you know, takes care of everybody. You know, my wife, right. they give us literally dinner for past whatever it was because they helped us throughout this time um, because, you know, three kids and a new baby and so on. And the whole community, you know, got together and made meals. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing we have. Oh, don't think, yeah, don't think that just happens. This is a committee. I mean, there are women who, that's right. There's like a, probably a new baby committee. We also have a cake committee for soldiers. We have a food committee for needy families in the area. Um, And and it's so organized. They have like the 13-year-old boys like wrapping the food and then, different people make vegetables and different people make a starch and different people make a chicken. And then there's a driver. It's very chesed oriented. These communities, Nokdim, all these yishuvim, all the religious yishuvim are very uh, community oriented, chesed oriented. As you all know, I run the secondhand store here. We now have 18 volunteers. I'm actually giving them a pool party on Thursday night. And I just ordered a gift for everybody to thank them for their help. And it's very popular. Um, people are looking to co- they they want to contribute. It is part of the part of the um, culture in Israel. Um, the, the the youngsters want to learn first aid as soon as they can. the The courses fill up. the The volunteering opportunities. It's part of every program. It's part of the yeshiva. It's part of the regular school. It's part of the the high school. It's part of my daughter's. Um, where she was learning, they they also had a volunteer program in some development town. It's part of the life here in Israel, whether you're religious or secular, whether you're in a city or if you're in a small village. Um, that's part of Israel. And Israel is known for helping others and being a light into the nations. And I think it starts from childhood that way. And it's the it's the education. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced, but I've been living here for about 30 years, so... You, you see it. It's part of you. Absolutely. It's, it's part of who you are. Okay. I think we're out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, trying to uh, tell her that we're done here. But again, anybody wants to call in, please do. Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You have any specific questions involving buying a home, getting a mortgage, getting financing, finding a community that's suitable for you, if you can afford a home, when, how, what. All your questions can be answered here I will pass them on directly to Yoni and you can have a private conversation with him. And um, he didn't mention this, but maybe at the very beginning, if you, if he isn't able to help you, he can refer you to someone who is, and he has a whole network of trusted advisors and other trusted professionals in different cities throughout Israel. Like he said, he has helped over 2,500 different people find homes. And that is the last count. Who knows how many more by the end of next year. Next week, right? Um, people keep coming and keep printing, and people are buying, buying, buying. They they want a piece 
of Israel. You know, it's great. People want to come home and they want to get a piece of home before you, they even land here. So um, Israel is the place to be. Um, sooner or later, you're all going to come home and we'll be waiting. And we're waiting with and, open and arms. Even, and if you're still abroad, you didn't make Aliyah just yet. We still help you from America. We do many clients from America. We do all the process for them here in Israel. Right. We can really take care of everything for them from, from, from abroad. Good. Good. Okay, thank you so much. We'll um, be back with you next week. Bye-bye.